guys? It is Neon Brown. You are listening to Man Versus Brand. Wow. It has been quite a week. If you haven't known, right, there's a lot of um, folks in the world, in culture, in news, telling their story. Uh, I think that uh, there has been a version of the world where a lot of folks, uh, because of fear of being um, canceled, uh, the fear of repercussion, uh, the fear of um, retribution, uh, just sort of stayed silent uh, in what they have been experiencing. And uh, to me, such an interesting place for that has been in podcasting. If you haven't checked out, uh, there are a few of really great podcasts um, where uh, folks who are influential, who are thought leaders, uh, who are um, cultural celebrities, and who are just normal, everyday folks are coming out and retelling stories. Now, there's a whole spectrum to podcasting. There is uh, genre-specific. There's niche. Uh, there's uh, storytelling. There's investigative. The, 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 the amount of content that's being produced at any given time is spectacular. So if you're not able to find something that suits you, then I'm going to argue you might not be searching hard enough. Now, with that said, back to my original point, there's a lot of folks that are uh, telling their story that's empowered to tell their story, and they're not relegating that, that tale, that narrative, that conversation just to a specific soundbite on TikTok or Instagram. They need something a little more long form. They need the ability to explain their thoughts, uh, their actions, their emotions, and really walk you through the story so that you have a very clear and precise understanding of their point of view at that specific time. And I think that that is worth investigating. Uh, one is whether there's impact in it. Right. Like what 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 is the impact of telling your story in podcasting and, and having conversations in this forum? Also, uh, what, what are the metrics? What do we need to look at to understand whether um, what you're doing in this space is effective or not? And, and the ways in which this in comparison to some of the shorter form communication, the, the Twitters, TikToks, uh, the Instagrams. Uh, how, how does this really uh, compare, contrast in a space where there's so much content that for any given person, they have to decide where to put their energy and resources? So to help me uh, investigate that a little bit more in order to help you make some determinations on how you want to spend your energy and to discover, um, you know, some really great possible podcasts that exist in the world. I have TJ Bonaventura. He uh, started a, 
a few companies. He spent some time in Silicon. He spent some time um, sort of figuring out what he wanted to do. And he entered into this podcast space with some really good numbers around his success and the success of his company. So what better resource to speak to than someone who has traversed the professional landscape only to end up in this space and to find some measure of success. Anyway, I want you to hear from him. I hope we have an amazing conversation so that you guys leave and feel empowered or at the very least feel like you have more information around what it is to be a podcaster and and what that could possibly look like for you. All right, guys, so I want you guys to enjoy the conversation we're about to have. In five, four, three, two, one. One of the greatest philosophers of our time once said that when it's up, then it's stuck. Find out how to make your next big idea stick with Dion Brown and his podcast. With 20 years of experience in growing and managing businesses and brands at the highest level, Dion is having the conversations that you are looking for. Welcome and have a great time. TJ, what's going on, man? Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. My name is TJ Bonaventura. I am the co-founder of Studio Pod Media, a podcast uh, production agency um, based out of our headquarters are technically in San Francisco, but we have uh, team members all over the place, including myself, who is based in Mexico City, of all places. And what we do is we primarily work with organizations to use podcasting as part of their marketing strategy. All right, cool. So organizations are made of people, right? So who in these organizations are you empowering uh, to, to have podcasts as a way of getting their messaging across? Yeah, that's that's a, it's a great question because it's it's evolving, right? Uh, initially, it was just somebody within the organization who loved to listen to podcasts and they wanted to steal a little bit of company budget to do something internally. Um, and that's now evolved to the point where now we're having content marketers, VP of marketing, CMOs, even at very large organizations who want to make podcasting a part of their marketing strategy and a pillar of their marketing strategy to be able to get their message out to their ideal audience or client base in a way that's not um, a giant commercial, right? Or a giant ad. It's, it's a way to make, it's a way to have their audience see them in an authentic view that they couldn't do uh, otherwise. Okay. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So, in essence, you began as a company that was focused in internal communication, where podcasting was a part of it, and then eventually evolved to a space where um, you created platforms for these individuals to get their messaging out to a broader audience, which would also include the individuals within their company. Yeah. You know, we've had a bit of an evolution here at Studio Pod. Um, if we just go back in the early days, I originally started the business because I wanted to help individuals like yourself, you know, create a podcast because I, I love the medium. I thought it was so much fun. I thought there was so much potential of where it could go. And it was very difficult to do that. Nowadays, we have a lot of technology and, and freelance support that can help us create the shows. We then evolved to quickly evolve to working with organizations because we had the foresight to see 
uh, that businesses were going to use this. And at one point, what we wanted to do was leverage the internal communications because I thought that was going to be a play that a lot of businesses were going to need to use. Um, to be quite frank, uh, that didn't come, it didn't hit as much as we'd wanted. It was a bet that we made, but it was something that we still don't see happening as frequently um, as we had like. One, because there's not a lot of technologies in place where you can just like put on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to an internal uh, communication-based podcast. Um, so with that, internal comms naturally has smaller budgets than marketing budgets. And so what we found ourselves, luckily, uh, being based in Silicon Valley is that there's a lot of tech companies and B2B businesses and other large organizations that are from that area who tend to like to take chances on, on new mediums and podcasting had to be is one of those new mediums. And so we then pivoted again to working with these organizations to get their voice out in a way that they couldn't do previously. All right, so let's now divorce the conversation of the podcast platform itself, right? Like, let's take podcasting away. There, there are some central, um, ideals that a leader must possess in order for people to follow and listen to them. Hard stop. No platform, marketing, PR, social media can change that if inherently people don't believe in you, trust you, um, um, uh, believe in uh, your investment in them, and uh, if they aren't uh, committed to your vision and your vision of the company within the industry that you're in, right? So if you're not hitting those marks, uh, doesn't really matter if you're doing a state of the company address at a convention. Doesn't matter if you're doing a town hall. Doesn't matter if you're posting on social media. Folks just aren't going to listen and engage, specifically those who have relationship with you. Now, someone maybe who, who's never seen you before might happen to find you through some curative, investigative, I'm clicking through a bunch of things I'm exploring and I, I happen to find this person. But it's much harder to get buy-in if you're not a solid leader with a value system and a vision that people can get behind. So outside of having conversations about the the advantages of podcasting, the ability to storytell, the ability to create a sense of authenticity. Are you also having a conversation with like, do you have trust in your company? Um, you know, do, are you are you doing this in other forms like team meetings where people are used to having and engaging in conversations with you? Are you having conventions? Are you starting your year with a vision for the company? Because I think without those sort of infrastructure things, then if you just pop up with a podcast, it's almost like getting a really long email that you don't want to read and you just want the person to get to the point because you're not committed. So are you having that, that level of conversation that sort of exists outside of just the platform itself and, and, uh, and really talking to them about like their habits and, and, and their buy-in as a leader? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you bring that up because it's, you know, for the longest time, people thought you should just grab a mic, go on and just record with, without an approach. Right. And we would be disingenuous as an agency to go work with anybody without knowing what their goals and KPIs and what their mission statements are uh, for the business that we're working on. Like we want to know, like you said, inherently, what are the values that they have as a business? You know, how are they communicating with their internal employees? How are they communicating with their uh, external audience. Like we want to have a good grasp of all those touch points because in order for podcasting to become that strategic pillar that everyone wants to use um, or eventually needs to use is the way we look at it is that we need to have a bigger understanding of like, what is a CMO? What is a CEO? What, CEO, what are the investors saying they need to do as a business? So when we have those conversations, we often start with like a almost like a consultative kickoff where we're just like talking about their business. Like what are they trying to do? What has worked well? What are the different channels they're using? You know, where can they engage with their audience better? How can they create a community? Right. That's the biggest, one of the bigger words or buzzwords that we're having within the podcasting industry is like, how are you developing a community? How are you finding the best personas to reach out to? These are all things that we want to know one, because if they answer in a way that we support, then we want to work with them. But if we feel that a business is disingenuous and they're just doing this because, you know, they're checking a box, then one, it's not going to be a large investment of our time because they don't really see the long-term value. Any business we work with, we want to know that they want to be our partner for 12 months, right? Just like any sort of proper investment should be at a Fortune 500 or even, you know, Fortune 1000 level, or even like a startup level. This is something that's unique. This, this, this industry and this medium is unique, um, but you can't just go out and say, Hey, we want to do a podcast about X, Y, and Z. Let's go do it. There needs to be a strategic approach. And that's where I come in speaking with, and my co-founder is Julian comes in as well. And we, we talk with these executives, we talk with our content marketers, we talk with these, uh, these other folks within the business to really get a grasp of what the heck matters to them. And once we have an idea of what matters to them, then we can start to focus on the content that's going to eventually lead to what a podcast series would be. So I'm happy you answered the um, question in that way, TJ, but I, but I also feel like I might have misphrased it. Okay. Um, so Bob, Jamal, Susan, CEO, COO, CEO, right? CMO, COO, CEO. They all represent different things. Um, the CEO, uh, is an irrelevant title if Jamal is unclear about who he is, about what he stands for. And so his title is important, but it's also whether the company believes in the person behind the title, right? So I guess my question is, is how much are you talking to the person and not necessarily the position? Because the position doesn't really indicate authority in, in a way that, right? Because so much of podcasting is about, like you said, community, right? That's human to human connection. Well, if I don't connect to you as a human, then there's no way we can build community. So your title becomes less important to me, even in internal communication. It's the person. It's the person that remembers my name. It's the person who I saw at the holiday party who thought, who remembered that my wife was sick or that 
I told them that my kid was graduating, right? Like, though, that's the person who I I'm ultimately want to listen to. And on top of that, I need them to, by the way, I live in New York. Um, I need them to hit all of the, um, all of the other metrics, right? They also need to be a thought leader. They also need to be, uh, have a clear understanding of the vision of the company. But I would imagine that, that your conversation from a business to business is about who is a decision maker, you know, who can we get in front of that is, you know, the highest ranking person that understands the most. But I imagine that there's also a component of this that says, just who are you? What, 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 what's the perception of the company about who you are? Um, and to me, that probably is the greatest indicator of success in internal communication is not j- the role of the person, but how that person specifically shows up for their company and for their industry. The, got it. And I, and I see where you're coming from, from uh, why you clarified and I appreciate that. So I'll frame it in a, in a way that we most interact when it comes to getting to know who the individuals are that we're working with, right? Like any, any person, and I, I like to see myself as one of my skill sets or strengths is, is, a, is a pretty good judge of character. I know people say that a lot, but I really focus on body language, eye contact, um, especially in, in days of remote work. Those are things that matter to me that is a first indicator of like who this person is and is it somebody that we want to work with. Um, especially on an ongoing basis, our quote unquote champion and everybody that we work with. So, um, you know, there's going to be instances where we never meet the CEO or we never, we never meet the CMO. Right. And we just want to know what their goals are, which is a completely separate conversation. But when we're working with like a VP of marketing, we want to inherently know who they are and what they care about, but where it really comes into play and where I think where it matters in terms of what you're talking about is when we're doing things like choosing a host or selecting a guest on a show for, for our clients. These are things that I have a, um, a, a hard stop or hard pass, if you will, when it comes to, if this person that we're going to have as a, as a, as a host or guest is not what we're trying to, um, it doesn't in line with what we're trying to curate from a content perspective, meaning like, okay, AKA it's disin, disingenuous. And I've said that word a couple times now, my number one pet peeve is when somebody is disingenuous. So I'm just going to leave that out there right there. So anybody who gets to know me, if you want to reach out, just keep that in mind. Um, because I don't, my job and our job is to create the best freaking content we can, but we can't do that if we're having people on who are for, for, for lack of a better word, like phonies or, 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 you know, or fakes or people who just aren't, who aren't being their authentic selves. So whenever we have somebody on as a guest or as a host, we go through um, a pretty extensive, um, you know, uh, process of understanding who they are. So we want to know, obviously we're going to have a prep call. Obviously we're gonna, if it's a host, we're going to have longer conversations. We really want to know how invested they are in this because it's not a, you know, this medium is not something that you can just like snap a finger and you're an awesome host. Yeah. Some people can do that, but it's not, you, you, you know, this, like it, it this takes work. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes, it takes an investment of yourself to become the best you can be. So we are dedicating time. Our producers are, our show co- coordinators are, our writers are to making sure that when we're having a host or guest on a show that they are invested in, in what they're trying to um, convey on that particular episode. And for us, we want to make sure that, 
they're being truthful in that it, when they're telling us something that they're going to stay to the, you know, the quote unquote script while still being authentic. And so there is this, this posturing, if you will, of making sure like, is this someone that's going to be good? Is this someone that's going to be bad? Is it someone that's going to convey the type of messaging that we want? And are they, who they, who, who are they as a person? And there's been plenty of times that we've been suggested to have a guest on a show, whether it's ours or another show. And we've just been like, you know what? Not the right guest, you know, whether it's because what they portrayed on a, on a prep doc that we gave them is different from what they said in person, or just, you know, they just gave us the wrong vibe. But when we were having an interaction on a remote uh, dial in for, for a prep of an episode, these are all things that we have to make decisions on. So we will try to get to the core of who this person is first and foremost, and if they're going to be good representations for our clients when they are, um, when they're showing up for, for an episode. Uh, great points because I, I would imagine, right? Like, and this is um, beyond a sort of internal conversation, beyond whether it's B two C or uh, it's just someone sort of putting out a podcast. Um, so much of what has to happen in, in order for there to be longevity is that people have to believe in the authenticity of the person that is presenting the information, whether it's a um, investigative podcast, a true murder podcast, a, a comedy podcast, a storytelling podcast in an empowerment and motivation podcast, right? Like the person has to come off uh, authentic. And I would imagine this is where I, I was sort of leading uh, to in this uh, line of conver uh, conversation and questions is I imagine a lot of your um, success in the eyes of the company is also contingent upon whether the audience likes the person, right? So, so you could hit the person could hit every note. They could have said it exactly how they wanted to, 12 months, they're like, we're not getting the engagement we thought we got. And it's because you really didn't need the CEO. You really needed a CMO, right? Because people like that person more. And that's, a, I imagine, a difficult sort of conversation to have. I don't know. Maybe there's a hybrid approach when you guys aren't, aren't sure. But I, I know for me that when I've worked with content people in the companies that I have led um, at every level. Um, we look at the, you know, quarterly, oftentimes um, metrics, right? Whatever we decided with the KPIs, um, the, the, the key indicators of success. And when they weren't met, the question was, well, what, what did you guys, what, what, what did, were we overpromised or, what you know what what happened here right and and in, in such uh interesting space where it's not like social media where someone could write a bunch of tweets for you or curate some instagram messages for you and put it out there and that's the perception so much of podcasting is about if someone can connect to your messaging that they're hearing from you and from your guests and so what happens in those circumstances where the metrics may not what they wanted to see may not meet um, what the expectation was. And it, it might be because the person that's presenting the information may not be the most influential person in the room. Right. Cause uh, 
status and level of C-suite or whatever does not necessarily equate to influence um, and to likability. So when you find yourself in that position, what are the conversations that you're having? Because I imagine it's slightly, uh, it'd be an interesting one, uh, at least if I were a fly on the wall, to, to listen in on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you put it you put it there pretty eloquently. Just because of your title doesn't mean that you're going to be an engaging individual that's going to want your ideal audience to check into. And this is a problem that this is part of the reason why we moved to working with organizations in the first place versus individuals, because a lot of individuals need granted, you need to have a bit of hubris and you need to have a bit of confidence to be like, I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or what have you. But the expectations are, um, are, are, are pretty, are pretty, uh, lofty, um, when you're comparing yourselves to, you know, one of the, the two biggest podcasters ever. Um, so having the conversations with organizations about who they want the host to be, um, is, isn't as difficult or as challenging, um, as those, uh, previous examples I provided because one, you know, they're not trying to get the, you know, the metrics are a little bit more aligned and I have no problem telling a CEO that I don't think they're going to be the best host for a show um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I can, you know, obviously you don't want to tell a CEO who's deciding the checks like, Hey, I don't think you're going to be the best host because you're not the most engaging individual or, you know, I think like you're boring or I think like you're just going to run out of steam here. Wait, is, wait, yeah. wait, wait, before you continue that thought, yeah. you find that there's a difference between, mid, large, Fortune 500 type companies and startups? Because I, t- I tend to find entrepreneurs have this the same hubris that I would imagine a lot of individuals who want to do podcasting have where they're like, I'm going to be the next Elon Musk, right? Like there's probably someone who's who's actually functioning at a high level that's like, hey, you know, I'm glad if anyone does it. I know at least in my network, a bunch of entrepreneurs that feel like they're the next Steve Jobs, the next Elon Musk, that what they're doing is transformative to not only the industry and the world, and I couldn't see them not relegating their the ability to communicate to another person. So before you continue on with that thought, because you've mentioned just sort of companies as a whole, do you see any differentiation in the type of leadership? that is more accepting of relegating a hosting role to another person. Yeah, that's a great, I'm glad, I'm glad you interrupted me. It's, it's, uh, it does, it does differentiate between if you're going to be a, you know, a series, a startup versus a fortune 1000 versus a fortune 10 business, right? For sure. If you're going to be on, you know, the former and you're going to be, you know, a startup that just raised, there's a company that just raised, some company called Jasper that just raised 125 million in funding series a, right? Like you're going to have a level level of confidence and expectations with that. Um, That's going to be different from, you know, a financial, a financial organization that is, has, you know, 70 branches across the Midwest, right. Talking about, you know, you know, banking or whatever. I'm just making this stuff up as I go, but you know, there's going to be a level of hubris and, um, uh, uh, identification of who you are across those different spectrums. So I will, I will agree with you and say 
on those startups, those people who think they're going to be the next Elon Musk or, you know, the next, you know, Steve Jobs or, or whoever, um, that they are going to have a level of expectation of success for the show where we find the organizations that we work best with are, is when there's somebody who is being realistic with the CEO who is speaking to them on their behalf that has a good relationship to give them the proper expectations of what they can get out of the show and the messaging. Um, what often happens with these individuals, you know, um, is that they, not the individual individuals being the host, is that what happens is they think that everybody should just come and listen to them because of who they are. And everyone lists, everyone subscribes to, to TechCrunch um, or follows them on Instagram or, you know, listen or follows them on Reddit or whatever it may be. Um, whereas when you have somebody who's on the content side saying, Hey, like we are getting way off topic with what we're talking about or, you know, Hey, I think like this is going to go off the rails really fast, which is, you know, feedback from us. Like if we're having prep conversations and, you know, every other week that we're meeting up and we're, we're seeing that the topics of, uh, what they, the topics of which they want to have guests on, um, are, is changing from like the overall theme of the show. That's like a big red flag for us. So like need, those are when we have to need to have the conversations of being like, okay, first we'll go to our champion and be like, is this the right host for the show? Right. Our job is to make the best possible content we can, if this isn't the right host, how are we going to break it to them? And who are we going to get in as the right host? Is it someone that we're going to source or is it somebody internally that we can get that's going to be able to uh, uh, provide the content and the authenticity and the, and, um, the, uh, uh, the, the proper messaging that we want to get and why they hired us in the first place. So it, it's, there is an element across those spectrums, as you said, and I think it is more challenging with those smaller organizations, which is why I think anybody in our position, while we love working with smaller startups and it's way fun and we're being part of like their growing audience and business and content strategy, there's an element that's a little bit more stable working with a more bureaucratic larger firm. Got it. All right, so what are the metrics? Like, I'm, 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 I'm talking to you, TJ. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I, uh, I want to uh, do this podcast thing, right? Not really sure about it. Um, I might do the TikTok thing. I might do the Instagram thing. I might do the LinkedIn thing, right? Like, there, there, right? There are the buckets of content, right? That. Um, a lot of folks are volleying that you sort of do with them, right? Um, some of it is integrated. Some of it is pitched as, um, you know, I am, um, I, we specialize in this particular space and we believe that this particular space will be great for you. So, so what are some of the metrics and or objectives, outcomes um, that you typically are having conversations with folks about in order to get them excited and enticed to, to do podcasting. Yeah, this is, this is probably my topic du jour, if you will, for, for any talk track I have when meeting with a, a new client or a prospect or somebody who's looking to up level their, their existing, their existing show. And part of the reason why we made a pivot early, early this year to working almost exclusively with B2B organizations um, uh, to help them with their podcasting strategy, excuse me. And that is, I hate 
and I and I were I don't like using this word, but I'm going to say it. I hate the idea of downloads being the metric of success for podcasts. It is an unfair metric that isn't trackable that is being held in a black box within the bigger players like Spotify and Apple. And if you are in an organization that wants to use a marketing pillar, you need to have some sort of ROI and having an ROI based in this metric of downloads that doesn't give you any information is pointless and it doesn't give you any guiding light of how to be better. You're just guessing. Um, I know it's important for an individual to do, and that's how ad agencies are supplying ads or providing ads based off downloads. And there's a, a whole different spectrum there, but for the sake of the conversation of where we're at, and I want to stay more on a positive light and in the conversations that, that I have with my organizations. Well, is wait, that, wait, wait, I'm, yeah. I'm an instructor by nature, but that's all good. Um, uh, is it then possible to then host the podcast episodes through a party like maybe SoundCloud or whatever, and have that thing sort of exist separate from the platforms and then use the platform data in concert with the website data to then make some level of determination? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. But as an individual who's trying to create a show, it's very difficult like, and time-consuming to, to make that connection. And there's no, real, there's no real correlation. Like, you can't see that TJ Bonaventura is a subscriber to my show from Apple or, or Spotify to then make that correlation that I'm somebody who also, like clicked on your website and filled out a form like there's no real way to say that other than inference no, right? no, no, no. i think I, I think i'm talking about something different so i'm saying like host the actual host the actual podcast um by episode on your website so that you can then look at your website analytics to see click on rates and all of that so then you become less concerned with the platforms and more concerned about you're internal because you're leading everyone to that specific place. Yeah. I'm looking for the folks that are listening that may be like, no, no, yeah, like, like, like that could, that is going to be difficult for me. I'm just offering, is that a possible other thought? Or you may be like, no, that's actually not. And no, I, no, no, I, that, that is. But the problem is where, where does the majority of people listen to podcasts, right? Like I would say, I think the last stat said that like, of, like it's it's something of like sixty six percent of people listen on Spotify and like thirty two percent listen on Apple. Like that's where the disconnect is. Yeah, what you're saying in theory, yes, you can do that. But the problem is everybody is conditioned to using these major platforms to be the main consumption point for the podcast, right? So you can have someone like go to your site and go on the mobile the mobile site and listen there for sure. Yeah, like but you're not going to get the actual data that TJ Bonaventura is 35 years old, lives in Mexico city and get all this demographic data, which is important to um, a lot of, you know, a lot of marketers and individuals so that they can then, you know, put ad data towards them. Does that make sense? Uh, so wait, no, yes, it does. But it makes sense when you're differentiating internal communication from mass media consumption. So, and I think I'm arguing if you're doing internal communication, then you don't really care about the platform yeah. because you're telling your people to go to your website to listen to your podcast. Got it. Got it. Right? Like, you know, 
then, then the metrics become easier because you're really not concerned with the mass base. You're just putting in your weekly newsletter. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, check out the CEO's newest episode with TJ. And then you look at that episode. You look at the click-through rate of the newsletter. You then correlate that with the episode's success on your website. And then you go, oh, it looks like we're doing pretty well. Um, in a mass media standpoint, I think I, I really understand your point, which is if I'm listening to a podcast um, and this is my primary platform for listening to that podcast, you asking me to deviate for you and your specific podcast content mm-hmm. is unlikely. And that podcast platform's ability to not share the full breadth of metrics, including downloads, for which so many people use as their primary metric, yeah. um, skews the the skews n- not just the data but the interpretation of what the data is showing. Yeah, so I, I think of it in three different um, bubbles, right? If you will. Um, so th- what I was mentioning earlier was mass media to mass audience. Yep. So you're trying to get as many listeners as possible. That's where we don't work. And there's yep. and I was explaining why, and like I was explaining. For many different reasons, that's why we don't work there. And then there's internal communications where we we dabbled for a bit, and and um, that's where it's a challenging proposition because you want to be able to have technology. And there's technology out there where you can listen, and one of them is called Storyboard, and they're a great application that allows internal employees to download and listen to content that's being created for them uh, across different sectors and verticals and, and segments and all that good stuff. And then finally, there is um, B2B organizations or organizations that are trying to create content for their desired audience, which are typically prospects or existing customers that they are trying to move down the sales funnel. And that's where we come into play. And, and the way that you measure success there is by things that are not related to downloads. Sure, downloads are sort of important, but we're changing the narrative there. It's more about impressions, engagement, comments on channels uh, that which your audience is going to live. You mentioned LinkedIn. That is a massive channel right now. It is arguably the biggest channel of differentiation to measure success for a podcast episode. Because what you're able to do now is take an episode, let's say it's 30 minutes long. How many different pieces of small content can you create within from that one episode to then repurpose to target your audience, whether it's paid or organic on channel on, on channels or platforms like, uh, like LinkedIn, so that we know that TJ um, is now subscribed. He went from, you know, a non-subscriber to a subscriber after clicking from LinkedIn to our website. He, he uh, filled out a self uh, reported um uh, self-reported attribution dr- drop down. So, hey, how did you find out about us? Oh, we f- I found out about you through the podcast. Oh, why did you request this demo? Oh, you you did it from the podcast. Offering all this content for free, uh, where your audience is going to be. So things like LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, you'll have it on your site. You don't put it behind a gated platform or a gated uh, a gated form. Excuse me, right? Really, just offering it. And it's this idea of called dark social. Right. And this is, it's very interesting. Um, but essentially the, the, the idea around dark social is if we create this piece of content, right, let's just give it to our audience for free. Like 
who cares? And the reason why it's dark is because we don't know exactly who is listening, but what you are is focusing on success based on engagements around, like I mentioned, impressions or shares or reshares or comments or recomments or whatever, whatever the platform offers. And then you tie that back to um, how many people are actually coming to your site since you posted that comment and then either clicking through to request a demo, clicking through to, um, to play the, the, the video podcast, if you will, or are actually saying that they came from the podcast itself. So, so it's, it's sort of free, but it's free in the way that clicking an ad is free. Uh, but the ultimate goal is to lead capture. That's, that's the, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. Um, but you can't see exactly if this person who is capture who, who are you, your lead capturing if they came and requested a demo, you don't know a hundred percent that they came from the podcast, but it's better than just making the assumption that this person downloaded a podcast with having no idea whatsoever. Um, you know, typically when, when somebody comes into your site, there's like, Hey, I want to request a demo. I want to learn more information or I want to, I want to, I want to get a proposal. They usually tell you honestly, for the most part that they're, that they came from the source that you created in, in this case, it would be a podcast. Got it. Um, so, so let's say I am, I am a CEO. Let's say I'm, um, I'm authoring a book. Um, and you see this a lot in sort of social media and the PR space in, in content creation, uh, and dissemination where, um, there is content production and creation on, on behalf of the company. And then there's this CEO who wants to be uh, uh, put in the forefront as a thought leader, right? Um, they, they want to produce a book. They want to have the conversation. They want to be on Jesus Fox. It takes almost every CEO. So Fox news, um, getting Fox, but you know, I've been in the game for a while. I know you guys will, I'll put anybody in front of something. Um, and uh, and they're they're doing all of this stuff, right? They're doing the things of the things. Um, uh, does that person end up working for you also? Because in essence, it is slightly different, right? It it it, it is about impression. It is about exposure. Um, it may be about getting people to 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 look at their book. It may be that they're using podcasting to discuss chapters and or parts of their book. Maybe they develop some sort of methodology, um, some rubric that they want to discuss. Um, does that person work or is it really truly a, about an individual representing a business and then having that business's objective be at the forefront? Yeah, you know, we've worked in, we've worked with both scenarios. I mean, typically it is more the latter of just like working with you know somebody who is working on the behalf of their um, of their larger organization with the idea of driving leads. But that's that's not to say we don't work with um, creative individuals who are developing their own brand, i.e., an author that you just that you just mentioned. That's the number one. Podcasting is a number is is a should be a top top uh, content priority for authors because it's a great way to continue the conversation and get awareness out about their book um, or books. Um, 
but typically it's just a matter of like where your audience is going to live. Like if you're doing uh, a business book, right, then maybe LinkedIn is your best choice. But if you're doing something around like self-help or, you know, cooking or, you know, fitness or whatever it may be, then you probably want to lean on TikTok or you want to lean on, um, on Instagram as you want to get out to the mass consumers and you can really leverage those algorithms that are pretty, pretty well, uh, in depth and, um, and, and really focused, uh, towards the people that you're trying to reach out to. That's why TikTok has been such an amazing, uh, revelation in the past three to five years, because, their algorithm is so tight and that you are always going to see the things that you care about, whether you like it or comment or swipe up too fast or watch it twice. Like these are all things that are feeding the algorithm. So if you are an individual who's creating a book, yeah, absolutely. Like a podcast should be part of it, but like of the podcast, how many of those different, how many pieces of content can you get from it? How much can you repurpose for things like for things like TikTok or Instagram or wherever it's going to live? So it's, it's in both, both scenarios, but we do typically, land on the side of like someone representing a larger organization where there's going to be a team of people supporting our team of people. Yeah. Cause like, you know, there, there's Tesla, there's Elon Musk, right. Both very much, um, interconnected. Right. But that deviate at certain points, right. Where you're like that, that this is Tesla's conversation. This is, Elon Musk conversation. This is a SpaceX conversation. Um, And so in a way, they could be all combined, but then there's also a space where they're all sort of separate because one is about thought leadership. One is about introducing um, the validity of an idea. And the other is um, pushing forward the mission of a brand, right? And so... Um, I would imagine that there's a space where, you know, one person's like, I need all three, right? I want, I want to push myself as a thought leader. I want to push the idea that we're going to go to space and I want to push, uh, cars and, um, the future of, um, electric as a viable option. And, and, and I'm not sure if I, if all those conversations are going to happen in this one space, on this one podcast, it could, but I can see a space where someone's like, I want all three. So in circumstances where you have that sort of differentiation happening in a company, like what's your approach? Are you, are you sort of advising sort of, uh, uh, let's do it all and then see where your inch, where the interest is. And then let's start to focus on that. Or are you truly, looking to then create three separate things and just, you know, hope they, they all work out for their individual reasons. Yeah. It's, it's, you created a, probably the most extreme, extreme example of Elon Musk and, and Tesla. But I, I, I think it, I think it resonates, right? Because it must be so challenging to be a marketer on the Tesla side of things and you're creating your own messaging yet you have this very visual and visible CEO who's in the news every, you know, every other day for reasons, good or bad, however you, you choose to look at him. That's, that's going to be challenging. So where we come into play and who, how we handle those different, those situations is we, 
you have to take a, you can't recreate the part of, in this case, Elon Musk. You can't recreate what makes him attractive to the point of consuming his content, right? It's just not, it's just something you can't do. Yeah. But what you need to do as a brand is create content that's going to be unique and adjacent to what the brand is that, that does give you a taste of who the CEO is. Um, so whether that's like, even as, a, as another extreme example, like Elizabeth Holmes, you know, uh, you want to be able to, if she wanted to create a podcast, um, with Theranos, for example, like now it would be a damn near impossible situation to do, but like, you still need to be able to create content that makes people understand what you're trying to accomplish as a, as, as a higher goal, but also is adjacent but adjacent but separate to what the ceo was trying to provide and again that may be an awful example she was in the news today so it's well, yeah. in my head but well, we, yeah we could talk about a kathleen kennedy yeah you know we could talk about a, a kevin feige right there there are definitely everything happening over at disney everything happening at warner brothers right like um uh everything happening at netflix um there's a whole bunch at, specifically in that specific space but then there's a bunch of things that are happening in the banking world right now um uh around an investment space around leadership but more so around leadership having distinctive voices that are um that are provocative mm-hmm. uh where the institution that they represent may not be papa john's really Really easy example, right, mm-hmm. uh, of a space where something is completely um, looked at one way. The person that's running it looks another possibly. Chick-fil-A, another one, you know, where, where, there, where, there's, where there's this deviation. Now, now, a lot of those examples are where possibly the leadership may be problematic for the brand, and so it's maybe the brand's best interest to separate. But I do think that there is this idea that the it's not good enough to be the leader of this organization. Mm-hmm. I need to be a known figure. Yeah, I think I think I think the thing that's unique here is that with this idea or where we're at right now, just as a society and how we consume content, and is that people for, for better or for worse. Yep. Consumers of the content are realizing that leaders of organizations and the organizations themselves aren't going to be aligned with their messaging and their approach and how they market themselves. In a lot of ways, us as consumers, we want that. We want there to be a human element to the to the people that are running these organizations, not just this massive conglomerate that's just like stealing our data and taking our money. Right. Yep. Yep. And so I think there's an element of like, it's okay for Elon Musk to say what he wants and still love Tesla, even though you yeah. don't like Elon Musk. There's extreme examples like Papa John's. I am never going to eat Papa John's for obvious reasons. Right. Like yeah. there's just, there's just, there's things, things like that. And same thing with Chick-fil-A. I, I you know, I, I, I would prefer not to eat Chick-fil-A unless I'm like stranded in a in somewhere and I have to eat it. Right. I'm, that's my choice. And, to and do that. have really good products, by the way. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, it's, good, it's good stuff. 
Yeah. And so, and so I think like there's, there's, there's an allowance of, from us as a, as a, as a consumer base to, to, to see that. Right. And so I think like as these organizations and where they've struggled from what I've seen is that they're like, okay, because our leadership is all the way over here to the left, not, not politically, I'm just pointing there with my hand, but like, we need to be, we need to make sure that we are countering it by being all the way to the right. And by, and again, not being political with it. The reason why they do that is because it's the safer bet, right? And it's the safer thing to do. Um, where what I try to do, and we work with a large financial organization that's based in New York, who has traditionally created content that is um, by their own admittance, like less than stellar, but they have to deal with a big bureaucracy of being this like hundred year old company um, is that, you know, they want to create content through the medium of podcasting that lets their audience see them in a different light than what they've already been seen as for the last hundred years. That's a big challenge. Now they're not dealing with a CEO who's going to be out there like shit talking, you know, individuals and the homeless and or whatever it may be, but they have to get buy-in from their specific audience. In this case, their prospects and customers to see them in a different light, to see them in this authentic view and not, not as this bureaucratic giant. Is that the moment where like, storytelling on behalf of like your employees starts to become important. Yeah. There, I mean, there's definitely an element of it. I, I think it's like, wait, wait, I guess, well, let me ask you this. Like when you say on the behalf of the employees, um, are you mean sharing what it's like to, to work there? Are you, are you thinking like uh, benefits? Like, tell me more about, about that. I mean, I would, I would imagine in a space where there is one voice that's dominant, right? And the company doesn't really have the ability to be on the other side of the conversation. It then becomes easier to put a human voice to the company that supports the company mm-hmm. that doesn't detract from the leadership, right? So yeah. so you have one story by one person. We can now create a hundred stories of a hundred people that support the company that doesn't denounce leadership but creates a separate narrative. Yeah, I, I know. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, that makes so from that space, right? Where where we're we're not we're not in, we're not fighting publicly about the difference between the company, the values of the company, the mission of the company, the value of the leader, the mission of the leader. All we're saying is that person over there leads our company. That's their belief system. But why don't you talk to our VP of marketing that started out as a salesperson, and he's going to be a uh, a guest on our podcast and talk about his journey through the company. And then there becomes this sort of alternate human connection that the broader mass audience can connect to. Yeah, that's, I get what you're saying. Um, And it really just depends on the goal of the podcast, right? Like if your goal is to change the narrative of who you are as a business and how your audience and, and prospects and just like consumers in general see you, then there's going to be, you want to share storytelling elements that express that you care about your employees and that there is 
potential growth and we care about the environment or whatever it may be. Um, that's got to be a dedicated show for that purpose alone. And that's going to be maybe positive awareness uh, amongst other things. Uh, the flip side of it is if you are creating a show with the goal of trying to show ROI and drive new business, um, then you're probably not going to focus on a story of an individual that works within your organization because it just doesn't align with the metrics that you're trying to achieve. Cool. All right. So I have two questions that I ask of everyone uh, mm -hmm. on the podcast, and I'm going to ask them of you. So on any shooting platform, podcast, or book, what's something that you have consumed recently that you have thoroughly enjoyed? Oh, God, this is a good one because I I hope I'm not the only one who gets stuck here. Um, everyone. Everyone gets stuck. That's everyone. totally fair. Um, yeah, everyone. It's okay. well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something that it's, it's a, I, I, I said, I've read it recently, but I've read it a bunch and it's okay. a book that, um, that is near and dear to my heart that made me an entrepreneur in the first place. It's a book called when to jump by Mike Lewis. Okay. Um, it's kind of a, kind of an odd title, but essentially the book is about, um, individuals who want to leave the career that they're in for, or like a career they like for a career they love. And it's short stories from people who were mecha mechanical engineers who left to start um, a gym. Um, or it's people who uh, went to work in customer success, who were working in customer success and went to be within a sales organization. Or people who were like, you know what, we have really cushy jobs, but we have kids under 10 and we're just going to homeschool our kids and we're going to travel the world via boat, right? Like it's all these short stories that make you believe and give you the tools to make that jump into a career or life that you want. And it was big for me in jumping to starting my own business. And it, I've given it to a lot of people and they, they feel the same. Awesome, man. I'm a big believer in passing along books to other folks. I think that that's one of the, one of the, the, the gifts that keep, that keeps on giving. Uh, I guess I do it at Christmas, which is why that sounds like a Christmas tagline, but I a hundred percent agree with that. All right, so give me the book and the title one more time. It was called When to Jump by Mike Lewis. Okay. All right. Now, on any streaming platform, podcast or book, what's something that you thoroughly enjoy that people may not necessarily associate with you? Mm. Okay, this is a good one, too. Um, I... <laughs> Let's see. I am watching a uh, a series on Apple Plus right now. Okay. Called called Severance, um, which I believe was created by Ben Stiller, um, and it's this weird dichotomy of um, what a, a work like a, a work. Let's see how how we put it. Yeah, work life balance, and the idea is around these individuals who have decided to be severed, which means that when they're at home, they're one person, but they don't remember when they go to work and vice versa. So they're essentially are living two different lives, but don't know each other. Um, as someone who, as when you're an entrepreneur, your, your work and life is one, like there's yeah. no, there's no mixture here. Yeah. Um, so seeing this and it's a very dark, creepy, um, ominous type of show. Uh, and I, 
it's just I don't think people who know me love know I love comedies. I love I like sports, you know, things like this. I don't know if they would necessarily think that I would be associated with this type of show, but it um it is something that uh that I've enjoyed and you know, I'm almost done with the first season. So if you know me, don't spoil it, please. All right. Uh so Severed, uh where is it running? Yeah, Severance is on Apple Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Severance on Apple TV Plus. All right, cool. All right, so TJ, someone's listening right now. They're thinking, man, my VP of marketing should be doing this thing here. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, definitely. So um, anyone who wants to know more about who we are, what we work with, uh, or who we work with, excuse me, you can go to studiopodmedia.com, uh, studiopodmedia.com. And then if you are interested in knowing more about me and how my approach to content feeds to what we do with the business, um, please follow me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there uh, on their daily, whether posting my thoughts on um, where podcasting should be, B2B businesses, brand marketing, all that good stuff. I, I'm there constantly. So would love to hear from you. Absolutely. And and you, are are you associated with a podcast? Yeah, it's a great question. So we initially started a podcast called Pod On, but um, we have taken a step back and we are going to be launching a new series that is going to be called, uh, we think it's going to be called Content Frequencies. So um, it's going to be less of a traditional podcast where we're releasing episodes on a, a frequent basis, but more about the idea of creating content for people that would uh, be the best to consume them. So you can see a lot more videos, a lot more audio clips, a lot more interviews, a lot more fun things like that. All right, cool. Guys, listen, if you like the conversation here and if you thought that TJ had some great points, if you want to know more about not just the B2B space, but really how you can create conversation in your industry, in your market for your company, then uh, why don't you head over there, talk to this guy and his partner and find out more about what they could do for you. Also, if you want to figure out, uh, you know, the, the severance story, then why don't you shoot them a message? You know, y'all can have a conversation about severance. Then you can have a conversation of how you don't end up with a severance package at your job because your content isn't working the way it's supposed to. All right. I am Dion Brown. That's CJ Bonaventura. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. Catch you on the next, on the next podcast. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, uh, hit the website, join us on all streaming platforms. Love you guys all. Have a great one. Bye. If this talk just resonated with you or could help someone you know, follow Dion or his guest on all social media platforms. Till next time. And remember, with any business or brand, give it to your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. See you all soon.
If this talk just resonated with you or could help someone you know, follow Dion or his guest on all social media platforms. Till next time. And remember, with any business or brand, give it to your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. See you all soon.